welcome back to the Government Coins Podcast. Listen, y'all, this is episode four. And season three has been off to a really good start. And I'm so excited to be here and to also have this latest guest on the podcast because we get people reaching out to us all the time and asking us, does the government do, well, how do I do business with, you know, the Department of Education or does the government work with people who provide training or how can I get my program into schools and things like that? So we brought somebody on who's an expert in this space and they work directly for the agency and they can speak exactly to what the agency is spending money on. So without further ado, Calvin, welcome to the podcast. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for having me. So excited to have you and thank you so much for accepting our invitation to come on because um, we know your day is full of different tasks. So we want to definitely hop into it. Let the people know a little bit about you, you know, where you're from and some of the work that you do as well. All right. Fantastic. My name is Calvin Mitchell. I am the director of the Office of Small Disadvantaged Business Utilization. Uh, I was appointed as a senior executive into this role over a year and a half ago. Uh, before that, I was acting in the position. Uh, so acting like I had the position, basically. Uh, <laughs> no, I was at any position. Uh, and before that role, I was a deputy uh, uh, director of contracts and acquisition management. My whole entire year, my whole entire career has been in um, government contracting. Wow. Uh, spent a lot of time in uh, general service administration, working with other agencies on um, contracting. So I got to know category management, got to know supply chain risk and some other things that were government-wide initiatives pretty well. And during that time, I had the opportunity to go to Congress. And so uh, while in Congress, I supported uh, Congressman Benny Thompson uh, oh. in the Homeland Security Committee. Um, looking at um, disaster contracts, so uh, the port, the uh, support the government was given to Puerto Rico uh, during Hurricane Maria, mm-hmm. the uh, detention center contracts, all those contracts I was looking at. I worked directly with him and consulted with him on, on giving him some guidance as to what to do from a contractual standpoint, because their whole oversight was Department of Homeland Security. And he actually lended me out uh, to uh, the small business, uh, the small business committee. So I did some work with the small business committee. We got uh, two bills out of there. Oh, wow. um, so yeah, it was a pretty exciting time. And so before General Service Administration, worked uh, for the Army Corps of Engineers uh, in policy. Uh, and some people don't like policy, but I'm one of those weird people who actually love policy. Hmm. Uh, so I did a lot of work there. Uh, and then no, I um, had some work, leadership positions uh, around um, the Army Corps of Engineers and then started my career with the Army Contracting Command, where uh, it was kind of cool. We were buying weapon systems. So uh, anything that went boom, boom. Uh, <laughs> was what I was buying. Uh, but not everything was boom. Uh, they had a program called Less Than Lethal, which I still <laughs> chuckle about now. Um, how something can be less than lethal. I figure either it's lethal or not lethal, right? Not less than legal. But yeah, uh, I so about they were this. All, all weapon systems. <laughs> all right, all right. So yeah, I could tell you some funny stories about that. Um, but yeah, so so that's kind of my career in a nutshell. And in, in my role now, 
I work directly for the deputy secretary, uh, Cindy Martin, uh, and she and, and I'm basically helping the department um, meet and exceed their small business goals. Mm. Um, and so we do it through training. We do it through outreach. Right now, I'm at the um, a women-owned small business conference in okay. Silver Spring, Maryland. We're meeting one-on-one with um, several uh, women-owned small businesses. Um, but this is kind of outreach we do in this role uh, and really just making sure we reduce barriers for small business and making sure that small businesses get an opportunity um, at some of these federal uh, government dollars. Federal government spends over uh, $60 billion a year in federal contracting. And last $60 year, billion. $60 billion. I'm sorry, hundred. I'm sorry, six, $600 billion. Yeah, and over a hundred and um a hundred and uh, yeah about a hundred hundred and forty billion went to small businesses last year. So there's a lot of opportunity uh, within the federal within the federal government. Um, you think that's like that's the gross domestic product of some countries is what we spend it what we spend here in the states uh, <laughs> in contracts. So exactly. there's a lot of opportunities. For sure. And that that is a, a huge like statement within itself, because a lot of times we don't realize the number of opportunities that are available for small businesses. So the the one thing that I would say is for small businesses who are looking to get into this space, what are some of the type of products or services that you've seen um, the Department of Education purchase? Yeah, so the Department of Education, um, we purchase um, uh, a range of items. Uh, we spend about $2 billion, $2.7 billion usually is what we spend in contract in contract dollars that kind of fluctuates between 2.4 and 2.7 a uh, year over year. Uh, most of our work, most of our contracts are professional service contracts. So um, statistics, Anal- uh, analytics, data analytics, there is some um, uh, uh, financial service management, um, mm-hmm. there is um, uh, uh, acquisition support, um, then there's also a lot of in the IT space, especially IT services, right? So um, someone doing uh, computer de- uh, uh, software design, system design, uh, there's a lot of core cyber government, um, net zero, uh, what is it? Um, zero trust is, is big. Mm-hmm. Zero uh, trust. So everyone is all the, there's right. There's a huge focus on, on cyber and it. Um, and so, uh, that's really where we are in terms of the department sort of our spending, something that's kind of unique to the department of education. And a lot of people mm-hmm. don't think about the research and development aspect of, of yeah. what um, education does. Um, there is a um, huge focus on uh, data analytics, on surveying, and that type of work, um, because that's how we uh, influence the policy that helps us to um, develop what our programs are going to be for the Department of Education. So um, what is the impact of COVID on minority um, children, right? Um, is there any policy? Is, so we're going to go out, we're going to study um, the population, figure out what's happening, and figure out um, through test scores and through surveys whether or not um, there has been an impact, and a negative impact. And then 
developing policy subsequent to to meet the needs um, of the students. So it's kind of just giving you a flavor of what we do here at the department. Got it. Okay, it was starting to break up just a little bit, but we did hear the component of the research aspect of it. So would you say that that's the top, like one of, well, the top NAICS code that uh, the Department of Education spends on? Oh, yeah. So the top NAICS code really is our financial management services. Mm. Um, if you can imagine, fertile student need uh, is yeah. one of our biggest programs. Um, so um, that is where we spend the most of our dollars. So, um, but unfortunately, um, as you can imagine, not all of it is able to go to small business because it's of just... Course you know yeah that's your nail net that's your um you know insert whoever large uh servicer might be um but there's also work that's done on the on the other side which is um the the, the debt collection and some of the other work uh, yeah. so i would say a large majority of our spin that that is eligible for small business okay. would be in the in the um, general consulting um, I would say, um, so I would say the computer system design services, mm -hmm. I would say uh, research and development in social sciences and humanities, that's the studies. And so that's uh, 541720. Um, mm -hmm. There is a lot that we do in the miscellaneous financial investment. Um, that's 523999. Uh, and administrative management, which is a very common one, which is uh, five four one six one one. Yeah, for sure. That's like a catch-all right there. <laughs> That's a catch-all, right? That's right. A catch -all. For for uh, for basically all things professional services. For sure. But if if I were to round it up, it would all fall into um, the professional services and IT service space. Got it. Okay, so the top two. Someone is asking: Does the Department of Education purchase textbooks directly? No, no. And that's that's a very good question, because a lot of times um, people think um, and rightfully so, you know, you, you would think that a lot of uh, if, hey, if I want something, if I want to get to something that impacts across the nation in terms of um, different various schools, hey, Department of Education might be a place to go. But a lot of times the Department of Education uh, is kind of like a framework. Right. Um, and so the, that framework is developed, but the states are really the ones doing the, a lot of the execution. Um, and it makes sense, right? Because um, certain states probably, New Hampshire may not want us calling the shots for them in the same way Texas might not want us calling the shots for, for them, right? Uh, so each state department of, each state has a department of education and each department um, of education at the state level is really the one responsible for textbooks, curriculum, even curriculum. Uh, a lot of people say, oh, hey, you know, does uh, I have this great curriculum program. I, I always suggest, hey, go to the state uh, and, and do it in the same way if you're, if you're thinking about a capture strategy. What's the greatest impact? Where, do, where What are you, uh, how do your services align? So on and so forth. Um, so and that, that's a, and I'm glad that question came up early because that, that's, that's, a, um, that's something that's always kind of nuanced about the department, right? Because you think the department has a, has a very national uh, reach, but yeah. in some ways, you know, it, it doesn't force a policy or force 
initiatives or um, especially contents or curriculum directly to, to states or territories. Okay, and I think that's a good point to make uh, just because a lot of it is very nuanced. Like you said, uh, sometimes the states uh, have certain things in place that you'll be able to go after. So I, I appreciate that response a lot because I was under the impression that, well, okay, well, let's talk about for different, like, um, like to support military bases and things like that. Does the Department of Education manage those or are they housed under a different area? Different organization, actually. And so, um, like, so especially for the Department of Defense, they have the Department of Defense um, education activity uh, and they have responsibility over um, the military bases, both um, domestic and foreign. Uh, and so um, they are a separate organization, um, separate and apart from the Department of Education. So that's a good question. Okay, perfect. I want to make sure I threw that one in there too, because um, I do have a few more. <laughs> so another thing is, let's talk about the, well, you already told us the budget. So the Department of Education spends $2.7 billion yes. um, overall. In contracts. Uh, in contracts. Now for that, how much of that would you say small businesses have received? So out of that, we've, we spend about um, 300 million in small business dollars. Got it. And then does that usually meet the small business goal? It does this year. Um, okay. So the, so every year, and this is probably just good to know, every year uh, agencies are responsible for negotiating their small business goals with the depart with the um, with the small business administration, and the small business administration starts off with a proposal. And what they'll do is they'll say they'll look at our, our historical spend, and they'll say, Calvin, based on your historical spend, uh, we're going to put a little padding on it because we always want you to increase, and we think mm -hmm. that you can get to this number, right? And then I go and I look back at um, the requirements that we have that are scheduled for um, the, the current fiscal year. I, I'll look at um, the trends, uh, dollar trends, and some contracts that may be aspiring and try to determine whether or not we can meet that number. And then I'll do a counter proposal. So yeah. we've been on 14% for now two years. Yeah. What's interesting and um, really good for your audience is I always say, look at the historical spin of an agency, right? Um, because people can interpret the data a couple of ways, right? Uh, if you looked at 2019, just before I got here, the department was doing over 30% contract, was their goal, goal for contracts. And they were exceeding that 30% goal mm. year over year, right? Now we're at 14%. Half of our contracts, small business spend is no longer there. And you may mm -hmm. say, man, ever since Calvin got on that, got yeah, a, Calvin, got you, there, what, the what number went down, right? <laughs> well, why they hire Calvin? Man, they, they got the wrong guy in the position. Yeah. Um, but a couple of things happen. A couple of, a couple of things happen. Um, and that's why I say it's always good to know your customer. Always good to know your customer. Um, and part of when you're trying to um, determine who you want to work with, know what their small business, know what their small business spin is. Go five years, at least five years, and look at and look at how they're trending. Um, 
look at so if you can google and i'm gonna reference google multiple times here um if you say small business scorecard education small business scorecard hhs whomever you're whoever you're looking up you can look at the scorecard and you're going to see this scorecard and i think it goes back to probably like 10 or uh, probably 10 to 12 years and you can see their small business spending and how they're doing in each social economic category right so we recognize that everybody has a small business goal that's negotiated and then there's a socioeconomic category that generally are by statute, right? So it's historically underutilized business zone, service disabled veteran owned small business, women owned small business, and a small disadvantaged business goal, which really is uh, really meant now solely through the 8A program. Um, and so those are the, those the main goals that are previously were stat by statute. Um, however, there was a change. Um, and that change is M2203. I'm going to hold that though. Um, and that memo actually changed our small disadvantaged business goal. So just remind me that, that I held that in place and I'm going to pick it back up later because I want to answer the question. So, so what ended up happening with the Department of Education is the environment changed. Um, the department said, hey, we want to revive, we want to change the way that we engage student borrowers, right? Mm -hmm. And so the next generation of financial aid was born. Uh, and that project consolidated some of the requirements that were um, desegregated, right? And, this, and, and so because they changed their business model, it kind of it kind of changed the way we were doing business. We had a small business, one hundred percent small business, set aside contract for debt collection services. Mm -hmm. At one time, we had over hundred million dollars in small business going in in, in that category. We had um, twelve contractors because of the volume of of uh of the of the customers we actually graduated some of those businesses from the small business program mm. so it went from 700 million dollars all the way down to 300 million because some of them phased out so five over nearly 500 million dollars were, were unaccounted for in the numbers even though small businesses were still being supported but they, because they sized out, they were, we were no longer able to capture them. Again, it talks to, talks to understanding the numbers, understanding the data, right? Um, and that's kind of what happened. So it was, it was gonna be impossible for us to continue to get to that 30% 30, 30 mark anymore because the environment's changed. So when you're looking at agencies and you're trying to target the agencies, talk to them about, hey, what, what's changed in, in your data, right? Do you see dramatic increases, dramatic decreases? Talking to them so to help understand in the marketplace will also help you to identify potential opportunities. Got it. Okay, so now here's a, another question in the midst of all of that. Because you consolidated all of those different departments or different areas, uh-oh, cut out, goodness. Okay, he'll be back. But in the meantime, in between time, y'all make sure y'all drop some questions in the comment section. And don't forget to like this video because I see we have a few people who are watching, but make sure y'all like this video. So that way uh, we can 
definitely continue this engagement and then it could also you know let youtube know that people are interested in our content so don't forget to like this video calvin is back <laughs> out for a second but um i was gonna ask you yeah sorry about that i'm not sure what happened no it's fine i know uh the wi-fi does that every now and then so we'll <laughs> but i wanted <laughs> to ask you a question about that in terms of being that you've consolidated a lot of those different um, roles, were you still allotted the same amount of money in terms of funding, even though you no longer had those requirements? Yes. Um, and so unfortunately, um, the dollars don't change, right? Um, but the type of work changed. Uh, and so part of what I've been doing um, here at the department is looking at ways that we can find other opportunities within small business um, in the small business environment um, because um, you know there are other opportunities that present themselves um, and they happen in many different ways one is looking at contracts that have traditionally gone to large businesses and really looking at that and say dude does it really make sense for this contract to go to a large business right and sometimes it's just been hey calvin we've been doing this for 20 years exactly right this is all i've known and then sometimes the contractor has more institutional knowledge than we do in the government because mm -hmm. they've been there so long um so really challenging my program offices uh to really look at what they're doing and whether or not we're really making good decisions uh, because we know we do pay um a, a more premium price oftentimes when we go to large businesses so um so on the one side we've been able to fight against that right there's been at least six contracts that were going to really large firms that we were able to flip to small business set aside one was a partial set aside to a small business so when you're working with your agencies, make sure you're engaging them and asking, hey, even though there's an incumbent, what are the plans um, mm -hmm. to 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 move away from from that platform and maybe create a small business set aside? You can do a total set aside or partial set aside. Um, either way, will will provide you with some opportunity. The second side of it is looking at some of these requirements that are bundled, right, or that are lumped together. Yes. And looking at and looking and saying, hey, does this really make sense that we're buying janitorial services and IT services in the same contract? Probably yeah. doesn't make sense, right? And not only that, we're probably paying a premium price, right? Mm -hmm. Because they have to still subcontract to get someone to do that work, right? Exactly. So how can we decompose those contracts to make sure that we're getting the right niche um, uh, contractor to do that work? Because a lot of times small businesses usually have one, they have a couple of things they're really awesome at, but the things that they're really awesome at, we want to maximize that. Absolutely. Right? If it's technology, if it's some kind of innovation, if it's some kind of um, subject matter expertise that they may be able to provide, we may not be able to get at it because it's, it's, layer, it's baked in the layer cake, I say, mm -hmm. of contractors. How can we pull out that layer so that we can solely focus on that skill set that we need, right? We already know we're gonna we're gonna reduce the price off the top, right? Because in a contractor's price, right, there's direct costs and there's and there's and there's over there's indirect costs and there's uh uh, uh direct costs. Direct. Indirect mm -hmm. costs. And I was cut out. <laughs> right. 
so we know, <laughs> and so we know that the indirect cost, all right, is the buildings uh, and all these other things, right? So, and we know the direct costs are probably just the cost just for doing business, right? Mm-hmm. We already know that if we go from a large to a small, we're going to get significant savings because a large business isn't going to have all those layered costs, mm-hmm. right? Small businesses aren't going to have that because they don't have those large businesses in Crystal, those large buildings in Crystal City or <laughs> in some of these other areas, right? Or even downtown on K Street, right? Yeah, absolutely. Small businesses aren't going to have those high overhead costs, right? So we already mm-hmm. know that we're going to save money. So if we can decompose some of those contracts, and that's what really what, we, what we're trying to do. And those are some, some of the questions we can ask. Okay, well, how can, how can we reduce, uh, how can we look at the work and just ask, hey, government, why, why, are you, why are these requirements grouped together? Because if they weren't grouped together, it may be something I could bid on. So really mm-hmm. pushing, pushing, pushing that needle and making sure that we can carve out those opportunities. That is a really, I hope y'all wrote that down. Because he just said, whenever you find an opportunity that is bundled, ask that question. So that could be a way for you to get in and that could allow these contracting officers to go back to the drawing board, like he was saying. Yeah. Um, but to piggyback on that, I wanted to talk a little bit about those big <coughs> and how many of those are actually have uh, subcontracting plans in place and how are they being uh, managed and how, do, uh, and how do subs locate these contract opportunities? Yeah. <clears throat> and so any contract over 700,000 uh, has to have a subcontracting plan. <clears throat> that subcontracting plan is negotiated between the agency, uh, usually with the contracting officer and, and the and um, the contractor. Um, so any large contract that's over, well, any contract over seven hundred thousand. Any contracts over seven hundred thousand, y'all heard that it's gonna have a subcontracting plan in place. So right now we're just waiting to figure out from him where are they posted on the Department of Education's website. Someone's asking about the top five micro products. So I guess in the things that they spend micro well, things that they spend for through like micro purchases. So I'll definitely ask that question when he comes back on. And then also, uh, do you need a website to source for the government? Well, source goods for the government, um, but you definitely want to have a website to promote your business. And of course it helps you to show up professionally. So let's put that, put a pin in that and we'll come back to that. Calvin, can you hear me? Yeah. My deepest apologies. I've never have a call drop and I've had two call drops in just today. (laughs) (laughs) My deepest apologies. And what I'm doing right now is I'm putting this thing on Wi-Fi. Oh. So I can make sure that that I got. I try, hopefully this this works out for us. No problem. Take your time. No. So, um, what was the last thing you heard before I uh, exit stage so, right? We we were talking about subcontracting opportunities, and you were saying seven hundred thousand dollars. Any contract over seven hundred thousand dollars has to have a subcontracting plan in place. So we were going to get into the conversation of how does a small business find those uh, prime contractors with subcontracting plans for the Department of Education? Yeah, absolutely. And so um, most agencies have what's called a um, uh, active contract list. 
active contract list uh, gives us the has um, all the contracts that are have been awarded within the within the agency. So um, Department of Education, if you Google um, education active contract list, you'll get our active contract list. It's a spreadsheet. It gives you the the um, the contract number, the incumbent contractor, and a brief description. The good thing is you can always figure out a little more information if you um, Google the contract number. I know I'm doing a mm -hmm. lot of Google, but look, it's, it's, it's easy hey, to be that's resourceful. That's the best way. That is and the most best stuff way. Is, pub <laughs> is public information. Um, mm -hmm. Other things that I would suggest, um, even when you're not working with the department, one thing you could do is go to System for Award Management, and if you and if you go in the search bar and you type in your NAICS code. You can search by NAICS code contracts that were awarded and you have a time range in which you can search, right? Mm -hmm. Look at contracts that were awarded, who was awarded, because every, every time that there was a contract awarded, we have to um, specify who the, um, who the awardee was, right? So you can always be able to look and say, oh, well, this agency just awarded a contract to so-and-so and I see this contract is above 700,000, you have to presume that they're gonna have a subcontracting plan, right? Mm -hmm. And so now you won't know how well they're doing, but one thing you can see is, remember I told you to look at the small business uh, scorecard of the agency and where you can see how they're doing on their small business numbers. If you scroll down to the bottom, they also have what, what they're doing for um, subcontracting. You can see their subcontracting number. We also nego negotiate subcontracting goals. And yeah. in that, you can see by each socioeconomic category how the department has, has performed, right? And so if you're a women-owned small business uh, and you see that uh, the Department of Education is missing their women-owned small business and the subcontracting, you can go and, and call the OSBU director and say, hey, uh, I, I know that you're um, that that you have some goals for women-owned small business, and I see that you've missed those goals. So we want to try to figure out how we can get in with your prime contractors to possibly get an opportunity to to, to partner with you and, and help you to meet those goals. Those are good ways to to try to capture work. Oh man, he's dropping all the gems. I'm hoping y'all picking them up over there. Please do because this is definitely like critical information in terms of, you know, finding your way into a space. So um, next question. So we're going to leave the subcontracting opportunities alone for a second, but we do have two questions from the audience. One is, uh, do federal dollars from the Department of Education go to nonprofits? So are there any grant programs or anything? Yes, absolutely. The department is one of the largest grant institutions in the government, um, the amount of grant dollars we obligated are, are quite extensive. Unfortunately, I'm not a grants expert, <laughs> but if you send me an email, I could get you in contact with the right, with the right folks. Uh, okay. but, but grants are definitely another pathway. Um, the grants team issues billions, uh, billions of dollars in grants every year. Got you. Okay, so definitely we will be reaching out um, to get someone on the podcast to talk a little bit more about that. But if you need to find grants, are all of the grants on grant.gov or is there another process? Of mm -hmm. 
I would say that most of them would be on grants.gov. I, I would, I'm, I'm pretty sure they are because I, I think yeah. there's a requirement for them to place them there. Okay. All right. So that was that one. And the next one is now let's talk about businesses who are, you know, startups, they're innovate, they have innovative solutions. How does a business who has something in the agency may not be looking for um, pitch their business in like an unsolicited proposal? Is that a process that the Department of Education is uh, like taking on? Yeah. So, so I'm going to say, yes, we have an unsolicited proposal process. The unsolicited proposal process isn't always um, as, um, I'll say, lucrative as, as you may think it is, mm-hmm. um, because it really is um, a process that's going through the contracting chain, when in reality, you should be pitching this idea to someone in the program management chain. And you may say to yourself, well, what's the difference, right? The government's a government. Well, the contracting people are receiving requirements and sourcing them out. The program managers are building the requirements and sourcing them out. So you need to get in front of the program managers because they're, they're going to be the ones that's going to be sourcing it out, right? Or working, I'm passing it on to contracting yeah. to source it out, right? Um, and they have the budget, right? So I say all the time that um, the best way when you have an innovative approach, if you can't go through the small business innovation research um, program, if, if you can't get through that way, the other best way is to talk to someone in, in the um, Ozibu office, the small disadvantaged um, business office, and talk to them about what, what your innovation is. Because it's what's going to happen. They're going to be your advocates, right? They're going to be able to introduce you to whomever may be able to be the right program manager to talk about not only your capabilities, but to talk about your technology. Because you're absolutely right. When we think about it, um, that innovation uh and and uh and all the all the good ideas aren't necessarily coming from the government right um Mm -hmm. that the innovation um the emerging technology is really happening in the commercial space so here's the thing if i'm the government how am i going to know what's what's innovative right how am i going to know what what technology is coming unless i'm able to capture it from um from the uh from what industry is providing Got it. Okay. Okay. And then last one would be uh, some upcoming opportunities for the Department of Education. How do I find their forecasts of different opportunities that are coming up? Yeah, every year through public law, we have to submit our forecast. Uh, our forecast is always published, and um, we're kind of unique in some ways because every quarter, we're revamping our uh, forecast. We're updating our forecast and make sure our information is as complete as possible. Uh, it goes without saying, um, there's always errors in anything, um, but we try to have real-time information um, to, to provide so that you can see what's happening from, from year to year, or from, from each fiscal year to each fiscal, and each quarter to quarter, sorry from each quarter to quarter. So you can kind of see as requirements either drop off or are awarded or what's happening. So uh, our forecast, you can Google education forecast and it'll pop right up. Gotcha. Um, right now, it's not much on there, um, but usually between November and December, we have um, the new forecast updated. 
Got it. Okay. So between November and December, and I actually just dropped the link in the chat uh, for that one as well. So the forecast, you can y'all can go on there, take a look at the forecast, um, and see what opportunities may be available for you. Um, we do have another question in the audience, and this one is related to logistics companies and how can they get in and do business with the Department of Education, um, and, you know, for any products or moving things or any of those different. Are there any areas? Uh-oh. So, so we do have, um, we don't have a lot of logistics contracts. Um, a lot of our logistics uh, work is in, embedded in larger contracts. Um, so mm -hmm. that's part of what, um, what I've been looking at because I know there is an industry there uh, of, of people moving stuff, right? Of and course. so how do how are we able to how are we able to decompose some of those requirements but otherwise uh i would say that um, there's a lot of subcontracting opportunities um in logistics um the only other logistics contract that i know that we have um is to um like transportation of people mm -hmm. um shuttle bus services okay um and the other one is if you know uh, transportation of executives um, but otherwise we don't have a lot of logistic contracts like you might see in like defense logistics agency um, uh, or um, you know maybe the, uh, maybe the army who has a lot of logistic logistics and they move a lot of stuff all over the country um, we don't have those same type of requirements okay okay Perfect. Well, that is our last question for the day. Uh, again, we definitely really appreciate you coming on and answering all these questions and sharing a little bit more, a little bit more about the agency. Um, Calvin, can you hear me? I think it's frozen again. I can Calvin. hear you. Oh, okay. Um, it, it was frozen. Oh, uh, no. Are you serious? <laughs> Yeah, but it's all good. Sorry. Up anyway, but I definitely want to say thank you again for showing up and sharing this information. Is there any uh, way if a business is interested in doing business with the Department of Education, what is the best way to reach out and reach out to do business with uh, your agency? So it's calvin.mitchell at ed.gov. Got it. Or it's ozibu at ed.gov but just just you can reach out directly to me and um i can answer any question you have yeah, i have a team um that 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 i that um that you can work through too but you know um you can always reach out to me for sure got it well again we really appreciate you thank you for coming on the government points podcast uh, everyone who's tuned in right now, thank y'all so much for tuning in. Do not forget to like, comment, and subscribe to our podcast, share this video, and we will see you all next week for another episode. All right, peace.